open wide for some soccer! I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! In five, four, three. Hello, hello. Welcome to Open Wide for Some Soccer. My name is Seth Bertelny. Alongside me, my soccer homies, Pablo Maurer, Thomas Floyd. After a little bit of a hiatus, we're back on the airwaves. I don't know if these are called airwaves because it's a podcast. We're back on the pod waves. Uh, Guys, I've missed doing this. My life has been an empty void for the last couple weeks. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Let's change in the meantime. Right. Um, Seth, you've moved in with your girlfriend. Thomas is at this point deep, uh, deep into his transition into a woman. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm still an asshole. I guess that never changes. <laughs> it's good to know that in this topsy turvy, crazy world full of changes. There's one constant that we can always count on. Whatever it is, and that is on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. <laughs> is that uh, Bill Riley going ro- going rogue? I don't even know what's happening right now. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. For those of you who are familiar with the clip that opens our show, go YouTube it immediately. Uh, Bill Riley, Bill O'Reilly, freak out when he. I think he's a, he's on a hard copy or inside edition. One of those inside edition. Inside edition. It's from like twenty twenty five years ago, and he flips out because there's something going wrong with his reading of the teleprompter, and it is incredible. And make sure to watch till the end for the jacket throw. Um, <laughs> so let's let's get into before we get into uh, unimportant things like soccer. Uh, let's get into the most important development of the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, I mean, actually, do you mind if I – can I interrupt you guys real quick and just, just do something? I actually brought a little present along for you guys tonight. Uh, yeah, by all means. You guys like presents? All right. So what I have here, I have I have three packs. Here's one for you, Seth. Oh. Thomas, these are uh, – Thank you. 1990 Major Indoor Soccer League unopened trading cards. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So let's <laughs> – does, do these come with chewing gum? I don't know. It's, I haven't opened any of them. Are we, we, we're we open opening them? them? Yeah, yeah I'm kind of get. afraid to do this. Uh, right off the bat, I can tell you I got I got tattoo, which is incredible. I remember tattoo from the Dallas Sidekicks, I believe. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, man. Tattoo. Right, wow. away I get, right away, I have an amazing mullet it, staring at me in the face. It's 1990, so I guess that's to be expected. I thought tattoo was a uh, pop group of... Like Russian lesbians? Am I making that up? <laughs> no, no, you're not. Yeah, that's, actually, that's, that's definitely true. But uh, uh, Thomas, any highlights from yours? Uh, I've got Mike Fox from the, the Wings. I have a uh, someone named Rick Rick Blueball, which <laughs> kind of sounds like blue balls, which is okay. Oh, I've slightly. I've funny. got a goalkeeper named P- PJ Johns who has an incredible mullet and porn stash. Yeah, I think the the, the most important thing is we've seen an incredible preponderance of. 
mustaches and oh my god mustaches <laughs> that, that's, and, not, and that's not even the guy i was just describing that's another guy i'm showing you with yeah. Thomas, you're gonna want you're gonna want to tweet that out by the way that guy <laughs> um i have a david byrne card uh not to be confused yeah. with the talking heads guy yeah um uh, is this a davy no one <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god so i do have i do have these uh, are amazing i've got another i've got another surprise here oh man wow. i have one more pack oh <laughs> and I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna quiz the two of you on uh vintage misl trivia you know this, this to determine the winner this the winner m- this might be my uh, weakness I got two questions for you. Uh, answer either of them, and the pack is yours. This is the first person with the correct answer. Um, these are two players who played in MISL in 1990. All right. One of them is kind of like an ageless wonder who did play in MLS, 700 career appearances over multiple leagues, 456 goals. He played for the Kansas City Comets at MISL. I mean, I have one guess. And that's Precky because I don't know any of. Wait, was that right? <laughs> I don't. He was literally the only indoor player I could have named from wow. the early nineties. Uh, you know, it's a shame we didn't get to my other question, which was, uh, uh, you know, just try and answer this one. Also, nineteen ninety one Kansas City Comets player. He's a current MLS assistant coach. He also played one year in MLS, just one year. Chad Ashton. 100% correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. All right, so now we can move on. Sorry. Uh, we, but I, we, were, uh, we were discussing Precky recently, how he, uh, if you guys weren't aware, because I know you guys kind of got into the MLS game a little later in the process, Precky was the MLS MVP when he was 40 years old. You guys got into the MLS game a little bit later. First of all, you're 13 years old. I know. I, well, right. I, second, I actually second think- of all, I've been I've been in this game since 1996. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, well, I know it's it's accurate for me. I yeah, I, I, I would say that I didn't start really following MLS hardcore until like 2007, 2008 range. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Precky had I think it was like 17 goals and 12 assists in like 2003 for the Kansas City Wizards. Yeah. At when he was 40 years old. Well, so uh, real quick, obviously. You guys want to get in on this? Get in on this hot MISL action? <laughs> Give us a call three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Tweet at us uh, at OWFSS. Uh, Skype us at NASN Soccer. Put out the bat signal. Whatever. Let's talk about Lawn Tan. Let's talk yeah. about what happened here. Yeah. We, I feel like we should just record the "Let's Talk About Long Tan" soundbite and just yeah. have that available for every episode. Well, I, I, one of one of the big mysteries of our show since we started doing it is whether Long Tan knew of our existence. <laughs> uh, it, it was something that we could speculate about. Obviously, we mention him on Twitter all the time, but he wasn't too active on Twitter for a long time. Yeah, I think the Chinese government kind of had something to do with that. Right, he wasn't on Weibo, he wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so we, we weren't sure. We sadly doubt that he is a regular listener of the show. But recently, things have changed. And Long Tan, about a week ago, it was on his birthday, actually... Yes. Which happened to be April Fool's Day, uh, followed us 
on Twitter. And then something even more incredible happened. Uh, Pablo, do you want to get into well, what you were able to accomplish? Behind the scenes. Yeah. The, the following day, uh, Arizona United was at LA2 at the Home Depot Center. Los Dos. Los Dos. And um, I happen to have a connection at the Los Angeles Galaxy. It, uh, I mean, I have multiple, but... One of Pablo's best friends happens to be born on Pluto. Right. I've, I've become close with Cosmo, my once hated enemy who is now a friend on the internet at least and i asked him for a favor which was to deliver a birthday salutation to Lontan, and he took it one step further he he gave Lontan a taco with a birthday candle in it and uh and wished him a happy birthday Lontan blew out the candle and then i'm told took the taco and ate it <laughs> and, so, and this was what like there's 60 90 minutes before kickoff yeah yeah yeah, and then what happened in the game? So then, Long Tan scores a goddamn like ninety second minute, you know, stoppage time game winner, and it's actually DC actually United pretty, style. It was a pretty good strike too. It was from the top of the box. Yeah. So yeah, that's what happened. So yeah, yeah. Apparently, there was a potential for Long Tan taking a uh, a post game picture with some sort of open wide for some soccer paraphernalia. But I guess that. Uh, that didn't happen. It would have been a little strange if I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not. Pu- I'm not pushing my luck with our mascot friends, you right? Know, any further than that. Well, let's just say that that is not the last meeting this season between the Galaxy Two and Arizona United. Yeah. So, so stay tuned. But the, the 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 main news is that the beginning of our symbiotic relationship with Long Tan has begun. No longer. Are we two ships passing in the night? We are now together. <laughs> For better or worse. I was thinking about this uh, when I was at DC United training, how you know, I, how we took for granted just being able to go out there and watch Long Tan train every week. Those were the days. Thomas, did you ever see him score a goal in training? No. Like... He was really like, bad. Like, literally never. Like, <laughs> there were really several bad. times where he would round the keeper and then knock it off the post or something. It was kind <laughs> of a running joke. So, so what uh, – so let's, let's talk about D.C. United. Let's speaking, talk of, about speaking of D.C. United. D.C. United PLT, post-long tan. Yes. You know, AT, after tan. D.C. United For, AT. First place D.C. United. First yeah. place United – first place United uh, coming off back-to-back games in which – they entered stoppage time at zero zero and won one zero with a stoppage time goal. Um, definitely not sustainable, but certainly exciting and certainly a good start. Winning three out of their first four games and sitting in first place. All right, let's go to the phones or the Skype real quick early on. Uh, caller, you're on open wide for some soccer. How can we help you? Hey, this is Antti from Finland. Antti from Finland. It's, what time is it in Finland right now? Uh, quarter past 3 a.m. Okay, that's incredible. It's dedication. Uh, Antti, what do you want to talk about? Now, I was just wondering if uh, Long Tang and his band of merry men uh, end up uh, going forward in the U.S. Open Cup and they end up playing D.C. United, how torn will you be on a scale from uh, Ford Pinto to uh, late model uh, Ford Mustang? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, 
I, I think I speak for the entire Open Wide for some soccer team when I say we wouldn't be torn at all. No. We're Team Tan. Yeah. I would be hoping for a hat trick from Long Tan. Yeah, if, if, Long, Tan, if Long Tan scored, if, if the final was at RFK Stadium and Long Tan scored a hat trick and lit the stadium on fire <laughs> and went on a killing spree, I think we'd be okay with it, you know. I would hope for, like, a big shush towards the D.C. United supporters <laughs> yeah. after he scored. <laughs> and then point his thumbs at his name on his jersey in classic long-hand style. Yeah. So there, that's uh, that's your answer. But that's what we're rooting for. Definitely a, a D.C. United-Arizona United matchup would make our lives complete. Yeah. Can I ha- have a follow-up? Yeah, of course. Uh what do you think about the plan to uh, cre- recreate the bouncing stands at uh, at the new Buzzard Point Stadium? I mean, I think it's a, it's a good idea, and it's actually one that's been talked about. I remember Kevin Payne talking about it. That's how long it's been talked about. It was talked about in 2007 through every failed stadium deal. <laughs> it was talked about. Um, <laughs> Which means I it's been talked about a lot. I, I, I will say, I mean, our vantage point in the press box, you look straight across at supporters and it's definitely a pretty unique uh experience to kind of see the whole that whole side of the st- uh, stadium shaking when there's when people show up and, and just awesome to uh see that the supporters group is at midfield and not stuffed behind the goal like many of the supporters and, groups and i MLS. think I'll, I'll be relieved at the new stadium when i see them bouncing and i know that the stands are meant to do that right instead of like <laughs> that they could fail at any second you know <laughs> so i don't know what, what do you think I think it sounds like a great plan. Agreed. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, we appreciate the call and uh, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> it's three thirty in the morning, or it's just wait, wait like forty five minutes and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Go to sleep after this. Let us put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Take care. Bye. Uh, I, I have to say, this might be a controversial opinion, but I think that's my favorite long tan-related call from Finland that we've ever gotten on the show. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, do we actually think that was a that was a person from Finland? It was, yeah. It was? He's, okay. a, he's a, I believe, he's like a, a back heel regular. Interesting. I think I've heard him. Interesting. Heard him maybe on Soccer Morning at some point. Man, Trevor, I, I Trevor d- any input here? Was that a real human being? I didn't realize our our scope had reached. Trevor calls him a quote hashtag backheel bay. So nice. Well, there um, you go. We know a couple of those. Uh, so, anyways, thought, and he didn't even get a Marcus Halsty question. In. So, Trevor, how <laughs> yeah. much do you pay this person to call in? And do you pay them in? Oh, you pay them. You pay him in Flugen, Florida. All right. Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's talk about DC United. Let's talk about. Let's talk about it because we haven't been on the air for like a month. So the late, the late drama. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys think of uh, the so-called Benny Ball, uh, it, where they try to grind out these results, maybe uh, lump balls forward, play some ugly soccer, uh, keep it physical, keep it defensively disciplined without <laughs> taking too many risks going forward, and then uh, just wait for the uh, you know stoppage time winner every game. And, and Rudy, feel free to call in and answer the question. Um, is, it, is this sustainable style? I mean, it's is this sustain- a style I mean, it, at all? The, the, the question of whether it's sustainable has already sort of been answered because it's been this way as long as I can remember. And I think it's dependent on the personnel you have on the field. I mean, right. in 2012 or 2013, obviously, that group of players couldn't do it. But I think if you have enough talent, if you have just the right amount of – 
slightly above average MLS veterans and you know journeymen. I think you obviously you can use that style to your advantage. And Bill Hamid, yes. And Bill. by the way, yes, you can make the playoffs with that. But you know, can I think the real question is, you know, can, can DC United ever win an MLS Cup as this like workmanlike sort of? Pretty, I mean, pretty boring to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give them a pass for this stretch because they are without a number of important pieces. Right. Um, the spindle is out. Luis Silva just came back. Obviously made a big impact when he came back. Uh, Marcus Halsey hasn't seen the field yet for the team. Uh, Steve Birnbaum's out. EJ. EJ. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a number of, of pieces missing there. So I, I think with the amount of absences we've seen, I think it's acceptable that they've played the way they have, but yeah, but let's I, be, I will be pretty clear here. I mean, they they play this way when they're healthy too. I, I think they play a a little more fluid, little more entertaining version of this way. I think, I think they play this way, and they have just different better makers. personnel. Yeah. They have Fabian Spindola. They have these players who can, you know, completely grab the game by their by its horns and you know have a moment of brilliance. I think the. the most attractive soccer we've seen DC United play over the last year or so has been when Espindola and Silva were together up top and they were clicking and combining. Close, close second would be Rolf and Espindola, man. Yeah, that was they, their skill sets complement each other so well. You know, even even last year when uh, Espindola was out, they played some pretty pretty good soccer with uh, Silva up top and you know rotating guys. A lot of times it was EJ like this. It, it's really, if you have Silva or Spindola, this attack can be a lot of fun to watch. You have both of them, and it can be you know, the best attack in the Eastern Conference, potentially. Uh, so the fact that they have played uh, four games and gotten a grand total of 14 minutes from those two players combined, and they are 3-1 and one in the top of the Eastern Conference, I think if you're a DC United fan, you can't really imagine this going any better than it did. Yeah, definitely grinding out results. You know, four games and three goals. You wouldn't expect to have right. three wins with uh, with that total, but they, yeah. they've managed to do it. And I mentioned it before, but it needs to be said again. If Bill Hamid is not in goal, we could be talking about a winless start at this point. Right, and uh, I kinda, it raises the question uh, – at what point do we think the conversations really pick up about Bill potentially making the leap abroad? And how how devastating would that be for DC United? Would, would they embrace that and take the payday? Do you think they would offer Bill a DP contract to keep him in DC? Would he be worth a DP contract? There are a lot of different uh, ways to look at this. I, the first thing you need to realize is that Bill Hamid wants to leave. You know, I mean, he's while he's... While, while his his words in public are, and I'm not saying that like a slight against DC United or that you know I mean obviously he loves being here but he has ambitions abroad. I mean he's said the right things in public, but there are rumblings that he definitely wants to go and sooner than later. You know so right. Uh, I think DC United has to know that. I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if he left in the summer. I I think that's what he wants. But I'll toss you a hypothetical. What if new ownership says they're willing to pay him? Eight hundred, nine hundred thousand to stay and be on the team to open up a new soccer-specific stadium in his essentially his hometown. I don't. Do you think there's any the combination of the DP payday 
and the sentiment of opening up that stadium and being in goal, plus knowing that he still has a whole lot of career left, he's still very young, I I still think there's a potential path for him to be on the team. I I don't, and I think the things that you're talking about, aside from the having a lot of years left in the tank, are things that appeal to older players. You know, playing in your hometown, you know, building. You know, I, I don't think. I mean, I think at Bill's age, and I, I also think maybe he, there's a sense of obligation in his own mind to sort of fulfill the traditional U.S. goalkeeper career trajectory. You know so what I he mean? He has to shave his head. Is, is that what <laughs> we're getting gonna, at here? Exactly. Yeah. No, you know what I mean. You know, yeah, these yeah. are obviously U.S. has has had a, historically a stable of incredible keepers. They've all gone abroad, and they've all. Most of them have succeeded abroad, you know, so. I, I do think that we are getting close to the point where Bill has less and less, less and less left to prove in MLS. Uh, he has been the D.C. United starter now for, what, four years? Since uh, he took over Goal. in the second half of 2010. Goalkeep- goalkeeper of the year. Goalkeeper of the know, year. Like- I mean, started, I mean, certainly he could win a trophy still but on the field there's there's less and less won an, op- won an open cup so, right yeah. at mls cup. And, that, and that means something uh dan dickinson uh has joined us here on the line dan how the hell are you gentlemen i'm doing just fine how are we tonight good uh we just got through opening several packs of uh 1990 major indoor soccer league cards so we're i i heard kudos <laughs> to thomas for nailing the perky question which is the only uh, answer i, I would have given that's literally the only player i would have been able to name in the entire league at that point dan what's uh what's yeah. on your mind well i heard you guys were just talking about bill and his uh you know potential to move abroad and i i thought that it might be time to uh bring back an old segment and honor another goalkeeper in the league who might be moving abroad today. <laughs> uh, Raisin Bullet. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Dan, Dan, let me ask you something. Did you see, uh, was it uh, Dave Zeitlin <laughs> retweeted somebody that took a picture of Raisin Bully in the airport just sort of looking extremely forlorn and, like, staring at his feet? Did you see that? <laughs> I missed that. I'm going to have to take It's that. one of the okay. saddest things I've seen in recent memory. <laughs> kind of made me well, want to cry. There, the best part for me was uh, just a couple minutes ago, somebody responded to a tweet of mine from October when I was bashing on Bully at the time with the original press conference article from the end of July where Jim Curtin uh, famously said, when he's ready to go, he's our starter. People need to understand that he chose Philadelphia as a city over Champions League clubs to come here, and he needs to be shown a lot of love for that by our great fan base. Oh, my God. I, I liked uh, yeah. Dan made a comment earlier where Jim Curtin said that, um, you know, he's that the union are, uh, you know, looking. <laughs> what was it? They need to push us over the. It's like we need our players to push us over the edge. <laughs> we, we need the fans to push us over the edge as the twelfth man. And I, all I could think was, you mean literally? Yeah, because I'm <laughs> sure fans I'm sure are. Many of the fans would want to. I, I'm trying yeah. to. I'm but, trying to theor. But, I'm trying to theorize which Champions League clubs he uh, was linked to, like Malmo, uh, uh, Taro, uh, <laughs> Waterhouse. Yeah, I mean, when you get when you get into you get into the early rounds. I mean, if we're talking UEFA Champions Leagues, you know that there's right. there's teams from the Faroe Islands and yeah. Luxembourg. You know. Oh my God! I uh, Dan, sorry to interrupt, but on the back of Preki's car, we card we have a, an interesting link here. Uh, this is his profile. It says. Stars coach Alan Hinton went to Portugal 
and brought back Preki. So we and have brought, Alan. And, and have brought to, back Preki. You have to like take him so through customs. We have we have Alan Hinton to thank for Preki. Preki came you back with Alan Hinton. <laughs> also, while we're on the topic, Preki's Wikipedia page, his list of clubs played for is amazing. Dude, because, Everton. He well, went from like the Baltimore Blast yeah, to Everton. Yeah, well, this that's what I was getting at. Yeah. He sandwiched in between stints with the St. Louis Storm and San Jose Grizzlies <laughs> in 46 games for Everton. And the the, the, <laughs> the Storm paid, or Everton, the, it was like a $300,000 transfer fee to an MISL team. To an, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sure, finally, we can fix the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, thank you. Our roof is leaking. Oh, uh, uh, Dan, how are, you feeling about, how are you feeling about this weekend's encounter, DC United? Uh, uh, Red Bull, uh, New York. It's hard to tell because the Red Bulls have had two bye weeks and five weeks of play. So um, it, it should be an interesting matchup. I think uh, DC has been hitting a lot of teams late, and I think New York's been playing this strange 90 minute press where they look good for an entire game and not just one half. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what the outcome's going to look like. I love Dan, the I- MLS where. <laughs> The Red Bulls have like 16 bye weeks. Meanwhile, another team is traveling 7,000 miles in four games. Yeah, four days this incredible. Year. Uh, Vancouver playing, or sorry, Columbus playing at Vancouver tonight, and then playing at New England this weekend after having two bye weeks of the past three, and the only one they played on was the FIFA date. And it's yep. in- inexplicable. Amazing. Come on, MLS. Dan, uh, well done, MLS. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what else to tell you. <laughs> well, so I, I had some really quick raise test tests for you guys if you want oh. to get this out for 23. I was about uh, to always, say we wanted to always. pivot back to uh, Mboli. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear him. Let's hear him. I, I will just run through these real quick so people can understand what we're going to be losing as a, a quality league goalkeeper. Uh, Ray Mboli played nine games for the Philadelphia Union. Uh, he won the first one, lost four and tied four. In those nine games, he allowed 13 goals, which is a 1.44 goals against average, um, and only made 17 saves, which is, I'm just going to run the math real quick because I did this once before, but that is one save every 47 minutes. Uh, he did not make more than one save a half. Jesus so well Christ. done, Ray. Nice. Ray's and Bully, you will be missed. R.I.P. Rest in peace. I mean, I don't think he's dead, but I'm a little worried about him. The way Jim Curtin was talking, right? Jim Curtin was saying things like he's not right, or like his his head isn't right. You know, it, it's better that he's not with the team. He's not in the country right now. Yeah. Whether or not we're going to transfer him, we're going to keep that inside the locker room. Oh my God! <laughs> so Jesus Christ. And me- meanwhile, poor Zach McMath uh, is sitting on the bench behind Clint Irwin in Colorado. And, and they can't get him back. And they can't get him back. Uh, although I still think they should try to trade for him. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah, that peak MLS, pull off a trade there. to bring back your own on-loan player. Dan, uh... But you can't bring back for a regular league mechanism. Yeah, it yeah. Would be great. Dan, uh, appreciate the call, and uh, feel free to call back later in the show. <laughs> Sounds good. Talk to you later. All right, see you, man. Yeah, uh, we were going to talk about Raisin Bully because that was—it's one of the more surreal things. It's—it's it's it, also kind of uncommon just to have any press conference specifically called to announce a starting goalkeeper. Well, or, he, you know, they, they, I'll, I'll give you a clip. They do have a weekly press conference apparently in yes, Philadelphia, they, which I don't think a lot of other teams do. A I mean, lot of them do. Usually, it's on the phone though. Well, 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's the equivalent of you know Ben Olsen talks every week. It's right. just you know only three or four people are there. So yeah, right. They don't really do it in a press conference format. Maybe it's not uh, necessary. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, and it's just it, it's insanity, like how badly this has turned out. Because you basically drove away your, you know, first first round pick goalkeeper McMath, who'd been a solid starter for three years, and you, yeah, uh, you you traded him for basically nothing to send him on loan to Colorado, and then his contract is up at the end of the year, so it seems like he's never going to play for Philadelphia again. And you get what nine games Alvin Bowley, and now he's going to be gone, and now you have John McCarthy who. For all the jokes we've made about Philadelphia stockpiling keepers, he's not even one of the three. Now they've got another guy who was in USL last year right. starting they, they, between the posts. They said, uh, speaking of this press conference when they signed Mboli, I, I forget if it was Sakevich or Curtin who said, we now have three of the best goalkeepers in MLS, and here we are less than a year later, and their starter is not one of those three right. best goalkeepers in MLS, and, and and let's not forget also the fact that Philadelphia could have Zach McMath starting in goal and Steve Birnbaum starting as their center back right now. Right, right. They traded up to the number one pick to DC United in the 2014 Super Draft. Right. So to, on top of that, they could have Zach McMath in goal, Birnbaum at center back, and whatever player they acquired with the eighty thousand dollars of allocation money they sent to DC United to trade up. Right. This is about and whatever salary they put they use towards Ryzen Bully, right. two hundred and some thousand dollars. It's it's just a it's a disaster. I think b- before we move off this topic, I want to pull out my favorite quote from this aforementioned press conference when they signed uh, Mboli. Uh, Sakevich was being asked about what it meant for McMath and Blake, who were already on the roster. And Sakevich, I, I pulled the quote up, said, Mboli played in this little tournament in Brazil about a month ago. Just a, <laughs> just a little tournament, end quote. Just want to pull that I, one out. And now I'd like to point out that... Uh, John McCarthy, who spent last year playing for the Rochester Rhinos in the third division, is now has now won the starting job over the goalkeeper who took Germany 120 minutes in the World Cup round of 16, the closest team that came to eliminating them other than Argentina. Amazing. Uh, incredible. He played in a little league last year. Maybe you heard it. It's called NASL. It was actually USL. Pro. He, played, he played a little league last year. Maybe you heard of it. It's called USL Pro. If, if you're not aware, he uh, he has a Peter Check uh, concussion helmet look going. So we'll see if the Philly fans embrace that. Yeah, Thomas. For 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 our listeners who don't know, Thomas's girlfriend is a diehard Rochester Rhinos fan. So Thomas knows the Rochester Rhinos almost as well as he knows the, any random MLS team you could think of. So do you want? Do you want uh, Jess's scouting report? Is she doesn't think McCarthy's like anything special at all? It's the Rhinos play like ultra defensive. They have like a, their coach was a defender and they pack it in every game. And like basically, she thinks that's why he won goalkeeper of the year. And she doesn't think he's really like MLS. You hear quality. that, Union fans? More good news. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Pablo, we have a Javier from Dallas alert. I. I, I 
I, Should we just dive headfirst into this without even screening it? Yeah, I mean, it just says I sang again, and there's a YouTube link. I, we, right, so. we have not looked at this or screened it at all. Uh, okay. It says, all right, so the, it says Javier sings a parody of a controversial country western song. Um, <laughs> controversial. I don't know what it could be, but <laughs> should, we, should we give it a listen? Here we go. Listen. All right. I got a man crush Hate to admit it, but I got a heart rush Ain't slowing down I got it real bad Gives everything he has That tie and v-neck Makes me go wow I wanna taste his kicks Yeah, hoops of red and blue I wanna drown myself King of DFW I want his short black hair I want his magic touch yeah, cause maybe then Floyd want me just as much <laughs> I got a man crush Oscar Pereira Is <laughs> uh, uh, that it? That's it I think we've established that Javier wants to have sex with Oscar Perea. I is that the subtext? Boy, awkward. That was awkward. That was that was hot and steamy. Awkward post Javier in Dallas song <laughs> silence. <laughs> what were we even talking about? Sometimes I I don't really know how to react to these things. I think it's better to just. Let the silence kind of hang in the air for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let us all take it in and reflect on what we've just been listening to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I believe we had moved on to the miscellaneous MLS discussion segment of our program. We well, ha- that's we a have good- a, by the way, the, um, oh, this must be our caller from Finland is tweeting at me now saying that um, he, he forgot to air one grievance, which is that Freddie Adu's first uh, match for his new club was going to be on Sunday, four miles from him, but it had to be moved because the field is frozen solid. <laughs> so, good I, to see you're doing good, Freddie Adu. <laughs> I hope he at least gets paid. Freddie Adu, in case you guys missed this, at his uh, introductory press conference for his new team in Finland, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce, said that one of the reasons that he left his club in Serbia, FK Jagadina, is that he wasn't getting paid. Which is always problematic when you're a professional soccer player. Grow a pair, Freddie. Play played on Randall's Island. All right, you can play on a frozen field. Your whole team can. (laughs) You think Freddie Freddie Adu decided to cancel the game? I don't know. I'm blaming him for it. (laughs) Everyone was like, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. We can play. And Freddie Adu's like, no. Absolutely not. And then they're like, all right, we're going to cancel the game. Because that's what our fans are here to see. Anyways. Yeah. Um... You guys want to talk about CCL a little bit? It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of what's going on right now. 
I was saying uh, this is working out perfectly for Montreal to not only become the first MLS uh, CCL winner, the first MLS Club World Cup winner. They're going to get Cameron Porter back from that uh, injury just in time for the Club World Cup when they take on Barcelona or Bayern. Have to think that he's... uh, I can't wait to see that Bayern Munich Montreal Impacts matchup. Uh, You guys know that it's not going to happen. They're going to lose to the team from Africa or Asia. (laughs) I really will also lead to like uh, Piotti getting a contract with Bayern C. Right. Like that, so. I look forward to seeing the uh, Dominic Oduro Philip Lom matchup. <laughs> <laughs> we have to stop. I mean, they they still have a final to go. Uh, when we're recording, we don't know what's going to happen in the uh, second leg of Club America versus Arediano. The answer is Club America is going to win five nothing. Yeah, I mean. Montreal has got to be sitting around their television tonight just praying that Club America doesn't overturn that deficit. It's 3-0 right. after the first leg. We know it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. It seems really likely. Yeah, these CCL games are they're just insanely high scoring. <laughs> I mean, like that Montreal game last night, was it was ridiculous. The second half, there was a goal every five seconds. Yeah, I you- really liked the uh, crowd response last night in Costa Rica. There's the shoe throwing and oh, the, the you know, monkey, the monkey chance toward uh, Dominic Oduro. Wow, I didn't hear you that. You missed that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they also threw, I believe, a lighter at Evan Bush. You could see there's right. actually a good shot of it. He just got smacked in the head, and you could see it just hitting him. He was about to take a goal kick. And uh, you, you'll be pleased to uh, hear this, Pablo. I know you're a fan of the old FIFA video game function where you could just slide tackle the keeper and take a red card. That happened last <laughs> FIFA, night. FIFA 1998. It, it just straight up happened, and the, the ref, I believe, called a foul but didn't give a card to the— Well, he didn't give a card to Jack McInerney for punching somebody in the face while walk, walking right. off the field. And then Bakari Sumare was uh, pulling down McDonald's hair, by, pulling him down by his hair. And then Johnny Acosta uh, did three red card worthy stamps in a row on Piatti with no call. That's my kind of soccer, guys. Yeah. That's my kind yeah. of soccer. I just have to say, it is incredible. We have been trying to just figure out for the last few years. How MLS does so bad in CCL, how all of our best teams get crushed in this tournament. And right when we think we have it all figured out, the worst team in MLS last year is now in the final and has probably the best chance of any MLS team ever to win this tournament. The legit question. Do you think it's because Montreal was willing to basically lower themselves to, to CONCACAF tactics? But in their in their quarterfinal, they uh, did a lot of time wasting, and and this there's you know the Sumar hair pulling and the McInerney stuff, and you know it's, I feel like last night's was more retaliatory. Right. I mean, you didn't see, and, and uh, frankly, I think they maybe it's because they didn't want to lay lay in one place still for any matter of time, but there was no like cramping, no time wasting. I, I don't think, I don't think the impacts were particularly. Concacaf-esque, and you know, in, in any game of the tournament, I mean, certainly a little bit more in the first in the first series. You know, well, but. I, I think when you look at the series against Alajuelense, that's a team that they match up pretty well against. This is a team that's not even doing that well in the Costa Rican league. Yeah, and 
arguably were it not for Andrew Dykstra, DC United would have gotten past. But let's go back to the Pachuca series. Montreal paid extra money to go down to Mexico and train at altitude for several weeks. Yeah, right. Uh, and and that is the kind of dedication that they needed to beat a team that at the time they were playing was one of the hottest teams in the in the Mexican league and you saw what they were able to accomplish because of it yeah this uh you know it, it is funny that this Montreal team that uh, like they, they could still be one of the worst teams in MLS this year and when you look at some of the past uh, American teams that go deep in CCL, or, well, not American, but Toronto made it to the semifinals one year when they were coming off an awful season, and they ended up being awful again that year. The Puerto Rico Islanders, who don't even exist anymore, who were playing in the second or third division, made it to the semifinals. It kind of makes me think that there's just no rhyme or reason to this tournament. It's just completely random. Yeah, and and, and you have to mention that Montreal got to this tournament by defeating an NASL team in a two-leg playoff and then defeating last year's TFC. Right. We're not very good in a two-leg playoff as and, compared to how MLS teams make it. And last year's TFC. American teams make it. And last year's TFC, which, if I remember correctly, was missing uh, Michael Bradley for the uh, the second leg because he had already left for the World Cup. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, there are all sorts of reasons to look at it in the group stage they played a red bulls team that played reserves in all four of their group matches because they basically uh had no interest in going through random, that tournament random tidbit uh and this is something i wasn't aware of until recently montreal played in the 2008 2009 tournament after winning the canadian championship a they played as a usl pro team and actually advanced to the quarterfinals and were up on Santos Laguna, 2-0 after the first leg and ended up uh, losing the tie by one goal. They lost 5-2 five, five, in a return leg. That's that's insane. Then they almost did it again last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Oh, what yeah. kind of a chance do you give them in the final? Uh, if they're playing America, mm, I'd go 50-50 there. Uh, Actually, no. Because, 50 50 No, you know, because then uh, the Mexican teams obviously definitely turn it up a notch. If you're in it, the final, yeah. yeah. Uh, if they play. Second leg, second leg's at home, though. Where they will be trying to overturn a five goal deficit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, how's the uh, our Costa Rican, our other Costa Rican team pronounced? Herediano. Herediano. Someone want to call John Arnold? I have right. no idea. Uh, I mean, they aren't. They only got into the tournament because another team from one of the more minuscule nations didn't have a stadium worthy of Concacaf. <laughs> I believe you're referring to the Belmopan Bandits. <laughs> In what nation are they from? That is Belize. Belize. I've actually been to Belmopan. It's like a strip mall. When, and that's when, the when capital, were you in Belmapon? That's the Sorry. capital city of Belize. It's like the smallest, most run-down capital city of a country I've ever seen in my life. I, 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 I was in Guatemala for a month after I graduated college. and we When you were sold into sex slavery for a month. <laughs> right. it it's where I studied at Hard Knocks University. Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, MLS topics. I, I, I'd like to talk about the Vancouver Whitecaps, the the Canadian. Uh, do we have to? 
I'm kidding. Yes. The Canadian MLS team that actually looks pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think they're for real. Do you guys think they're for real? I, I think they have a they're top to bottom, complete team. I think they were pretty close last year. So you know, bear in mind that literally right after this, m- many of our recorded listeners will be hearing this after Vancouver loses 9 to nothing to the Cubs. Oh, right. Group. Yeah, I kind of forgot they have the <laughs> game tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Vancouver will win that game. I, I'm digging myself a deeper hole if that doesn't happen. They were also uh, they were pretty good until Don Garber put them on a bolt bus and told them to drive 16,000 miles to their next game. <laughs> you know. I think you're referring to the crew. Oh, uh, uh, whoops. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I I like the Whitecaps a lot. I think they were a team that was very close last season. There was a lot to like about them. They had a couple holes, particularly some uh, defensive issues and some they didn't have a true goal scorer, but they went, they solved those problems during the offseason, and now we're seeing a team that is, they're taking advantage of, you know, teams like L.A. being in a rebuilding, a rebuilding retooling process in the western conference and you know i I think they they look good this is a team i could see you know at at some point a canadian team's actually going to compete for an mls cup so maybe we'll get that vancouver toronto final in uh december rebuilding predicting it now la rebuilding that's like oh i don't like the color of this marble in my bathroom i'm gonna like tear it out and replace it with different colored marble you know like Thomas is sticking by his his Toronto pick, by the way. Uh, yeah, Thomas Floyd famously predicted that TFC will win the East. Yeah, I'd like to point out they've played all road games so far, so they're, they're going to dig themselves a bit of a hole, but <laughs> they'll, they'll get out of but it. But when you lose at Chicago, does yeah. that really count as an excuse that you're on the road? Um, I, I'd like to see them actually play an entire game with their full team and 11 men. <laughs> Thomas, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of April to rescind your pick. Oh, that's not happening. What, if they lose every game between now and then. Okay, the, the example. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> the example. Okay, maybe if like Mike, a- if Michael Bradley or Josie Altidore or Javinko like tear their ACL or something, I might rescind it. But otherwise, like even if they lose a whole lot of games between now and then. I, I still remember Kansas City when they played the entire first half of their season on the road. They were one of the worst teams in MLS, and they still ended up winning the East that year in the regular season because – were you going for the Thomas Floyd sound? I hit the wrong button. Thomas Floyd. There we go. <laughs> Pablo's like, let's just restart the show. Yeah, let's just start it over completely. <laughs> um, I'm sticking with Toronto. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's MLS. I think it could happen. Yeah, that's Anything the thing. Could, you know, yeah, they lose a bunch of games. They're still in the playoff hunt. Right. I want to. I want to talk about. And we should have just done this right after Javier's kind of creepy uh, song. Let's talk about this Oscar Pereja, Caleb Porter, like tissue gate bullshit. That is hysterical, and I wish happened. I wish stuff like this happened every week in MLS, but it doesn't. You know, what, what do you make of that? I mean. Uh yeah, it was uh it was strange. My favorite part of that was how how quickly Porter and Preha went their different ways and then left their subordinates to fight each other after the you final know, whistle. I feel like those are two guys who just don't actually want to like the two guys outside the bar who are just like like you like go. You want to go? Yeah, you go. You know, like they're just sort of I don't think anything would ever have actually exploded there, <laughs> you know, like Now, if there was a fight, Pareja, I feel Pareja's like Pareja. Win. Uh, yeah, Pareja's, are you for sure? Pareja's definitely. Caleb Pareja. would be like, "You got blood on my blazer." I feel like what are you doing. I feel like Porter would have some like 
very tactical and that like tactical way of yeah, going like he about he would know the like the closest exit to run to <laughs> he'd be like i've measured this it's 14 yards to this exit like porter porter has successfully made a lot of people dislike him in his time in mls he's he's one of those coach i mean jason christ same thing right they just have an air about them a little bit of a little bit of a superiority kind of thing probably because they're actually smarter than other coaches <laughs> he do, he does. Wait, which co- coaches uh, are you implying are less intelligent than uh, Caleb Porter? Just, you know, take a guess. I'm not sure, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it was it was fun to see. It was uh, ultimately harmless. Gave us something to talk about. It, it is amusing that the general reaction that I've seen to this incident, rather than kind of chiding Pareja for childishly putting a tissue up in front of him to suggest he was crying is saying we need more of this this is great for the league and 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 i'm inclined to agree i think it makes things interesting a little bit of controversy a little bit of passion a little bit of rivalry that only helps drive up interest in the league i'm trying to think of uh what fight do we want to see next i want to see one involving pablo mastroeni I just want to see as much of that <laughs> like pull out a, action. Pull out a saber or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I think you Pablo know. Mastroeni would do like 1890s style bare knuckle boxing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, all right. If you could see any two coaches in MLS square off, who would it be? I'm going to go Bruce Arena. <laughs> and anyone. <laughs> and anybody. <laughs> oh, you want to fuck with me? Oh, get the fuck over here. <laughs> you make me sick. <laughs> what about... What about? I feel like Benny would be a good one with somebody like Olsen, right. and because I think Olsen would legitimately he'd be hurt scrappy. Somebody. Well, yeah, you have yeah. two different divisions, you know. Like you have the the, the young scrappers, Olsen, your Jay Heaps, uh, maybe Jesse Marsh, Caleb give, Porter. I think we put Petke in there, just honorary. Petke, you know. <laughs> honorary division. Okay, there's those guys. Uh, and then you have, like, and you then know, you have your Bruce Arena, Ziggy Schmidt, more. Uh, I feel like a, a sleeper would be like Frank Klopas, and I'm not sure why. I just feel like he would do some <laughs> sort of sinister shit. Like Frank Klopas <laughs> would like cut your brake lines. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You'd never make it to the fight because, like, you know, yeah, you got Klopas. You know, yeah, like, the, the, there'd be no there'd be no weapons, and he'd pull out brass knuckles. Who would be the 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 bottom of the barrel, like? You know, would just like I was gonna start say, crying. I was gonna say like Jim Curtin seems too nice, okay, but I, I kind of feel like he might be like Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. like gentle giant thing. But if you actually got him in a fight, he would destroy you. Yeah, he's really tall. Yeah, that, he has that going for him. I yeah. kinda, I'd like to see Curtin fight Olsen because just for the sheer height difference. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I think having thought about this a little bit, the only real answer to that question is. Bruce Arena versus Ziggy Schmidt. Oh my God! <laughs> I'd, I'd, watch, I'd like to watch them in like a, a drinking contest. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Anyways, uh, I mean, also Bruce Arena, Jason Christ. Uh, back in the day, Jason Christ was a big time national team snub by Bruce Arena. I, I feel like there's uh, some deep-seated resentment going on. Yeah, there. yeah. There's different levels to this. I mean, there's the physical matchup, and then. You talk about some emotional issues coming into play, which yeah. which could really factor in the entertainment value the, of the uh, fight. You know what? I've, I've got the list in front of me now. I think Vermees does very well too. Yeah. Oh, Vermees is a Vermees scrapper. Vermees is a scrapper. The, Absolutely. The only issue. What about Adrian Heath? 
You know, like just you know, Adrian Heath. All right, you, you know, just barred. You know, <laughs> Adrian Heath knuckles. would be so fast to break a beer bottle. Hundred <laughs> <Yeah>, percent. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about Greg Berhalter? Uh, by the way, I had uh, drinks with Chris Thomas uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, brings out his lovely girlfriend who he's been dating for ten years, and it turns out she is. And this is the most random thing I've ever heard in my life. Like borderline obsessed with Greg Ber- Berhalter. How how so? Huh. Like wants to marry this guy. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seemed random to me. We we got to, anyways. We got a caller nine one eight. You're on open wide for some soccer. How can we help you? Nine one eight. You there? Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Nine one eight. Hello. Yeah, you're open. To, uh, you're on open wide for some soccer, man. Yeah, what can we do? I'm here. No, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> All right. Hey, I was wondering, have you guys ever seen? Have you guys ever watched The Wire? Have we ever? You broke watched up a little the, bit, but have you ever watched, watched The Wire? Uh, I haven't watched it. You guys? No. Not Thomas? yet. No, none of us have watched The Wire. But many of our listeners have, so feel free to say whatever you're <laughs> going to say. I think we have a bad connection. I think we do. Yeah. yeah, I think we do. Hey, but pretty good. Thought you guys. <laughs> this is. Uh, I can hear you. Yeah, I think we're having some trouble um, hearing you, man. But uh, he just wanted to know if we've watched The Wire because he <laughs> thinks like, it's a good show. Exactly. And he wants yeah. us to watch it. Uh, we haven't. We haven't watched The Wire. Um, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's a lot like. And there he goes. Okay. okay. Uh, Jeff Kassar. Uh, we need a nice guy's bracket that starts off with, like, you know, Jeff Kassar and Jim Curtin. Or, like... No. I, I just thought of this. If you, I feel like you would... Uh, Jason Christ might be at a disadvantage because if you put him in the ring, he would uh, probably lose track of the boundaries. He might think it's a little <laughs> bit bigger than it actually is. <laughs> That is that is that is a joke with so many different levels, and yeah. I hope some people got that. This this ring is a proper size. It's a proper size <laughs> ring. Um, uh, you know what I'd love to see is just like a Jay Heaps Jesse Marsh like uh, asshole off. You know, just like what about Mike Pecky Jesse Marsh? I'm sorry. Yeah, oh. oh, whoa! I think we That's, know who's going to win that fight. Talk Jesus. about talk about some emotional tie-ins to that fight. Man. All right, let's move on to assistant coaches now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Chad, 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 Chad Ashton. Chad would literally just take a bar stool and smash it over your head. <laughs> you want to fuck with me? Chad. Nobody fucks with Chad Ashton. <laughs> Chad Ashton versus Adrian Heath would be kind of entertaining. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we've gone off the rails here. Um, or, but, but well, by all right, hold on, hold on. Just real quick. What about like coaches historically? Like Steve Nichol. Or something like that. Bo- I feel like he like Bora Militinovich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the the, the category of Rude, hold it. The, the ca- <laughs> well, I, I think if we're do- if we're talking about uh, historical guys, you know, the, the category of older British scrappers. Yeah, right. like guys that have been in a few pub brawls. Also, in or their just day. like like I'm like, assuming Adrian Heath has, or like Bob Bob Bradley would just like walk up to you and stare at you, and your head would like explode. <laughs> and then he would like open your cranium and drink your blood. I'm not right. <laughs> like, yes, strength. Just like, 
<laughs> Ray Hudson. Oh my like, god. Oh, he goes Jesus in the, the older British scrapper category. Yeah. We should man. do we should do like a NCAA style bracket for this or something. <laughs> yeah, we really should. And all these uh hold on a second. Yeah, Hans Baca came to mind. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like God, uh, what a long list this Wa- is. Walter Zenga. Jesus. Yeah, uh, what about <laughs> Thomas Rongit? <laughs> Too nice. Oh man. Anyways, we could probably move on. Peter Novak. Point. Yeah, he would do well. I mean he'd dehydrate you. Yeah. The old rope dope <laughs> kind of thing, you know? He'd just like let you punch him for a long time, and then he'd be like, You want this water? You're not gonna get it. You know, like <laughs> I th- if we're in- if we're including uh Everyone like the ultimate nice guy, like Jim Curtin versus John Hackworth. Oh my god! They'd both be so polite. They'd both just like spend the entire time like asking the ref if they, he was comfortable. <laughs> just like you know the the whatever the boxing you know. Uh, I mean, is there any other MLS topics that we want to talk about for we? Are you trying to end the show? Is it, we've never been good at this, you know. No, I know. Well, I'm not trying to end the show. I mean, what else we got? We, uh, we, I think our last topic was should TFC be worried, which kind of goes into what Thomas was saying. I'm guessing Thomas thinks no. Uh, they just need at least one of their two center backs on the field, Perquise or Caldwell. And Warren Creval to never play again. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they need Mark Bloom. <laughs> it's nice uh, Jovinko seems to be panning out. For them, he looks yes. good, and 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 you know who else looks really good? Um, Pablo Mauer. Pablo Mauer looks really good, but but Sheru. Oh yeah, um, he's yeah. looked like a, a really good signing. Yeah, Sheru has a has a good understanding in midfield with Michael Bradley. Something that just it never happened last year. He partnered with Osorio, and the the dynamic wasn't quite right. He partnered with Colin Warner, and Colin Warner wasn't quite right. Um, and uh, it was kind of all the different permutations Toronto went through with uh, trying to get the most out of Michael Bradley. Didn't work out, but Sheru, he he's a savvy guy, veteran, good on both sides uh, of the ball. So he's uh, he's someone who I think is uh, an under-the-radar pickup for TFC. Yeah, I, I wonder what is going to happen with their goalkeeping position. I think Joe Bendick has shown that he can make some good saves at times, but I, I certainly wouldn't put him in the upper half of MLS starting goalkeepers, and he didn't have a very good game against Chicago. So you wonder, with the, with the team with this much high-priced talent, how long Bendik is, how long of a leash Bendik has? Yeah, the I'll, I'll say with that, and maybe it's an unfair comparison, but uh, you know the LA Galaxy ha- just won an MLS Cup with a goalkeeper who is in the bot, you know, pr- probably pretty safely in the bottom half of MLS goalkeepers. And they, they won an MLS cup with Josh Saunders a couple of years ago when he was all right. So if you have a good team, you can overcome, you know, maybe some, uh, shaky goalkeeping. Yeah, it's kind of like the reverse of DC United right now. Right. <laughs> I guess we can do it either way. All right, let's, let's get out of here. All right. I want some Chipotle. Chipotle closes at 10 o'clock and it's about 35 minutes away. So we have to leave. All right, thanks for listening, guys. We're going to go get Chipotle. Talk to you next week.
Yo, so was was Skype just fucking up or what? I noticed it dropped a few times. Oh, that blows. Um, yeah, I mean, I kept uh, I kept rolling through the whole thing, so hopefully it'll be good.